Hey everybody, welcome to Turn It Up, an intermittent podcast from Turning, your learning engagement leader, celebrating the potential and the people behind effective learning engagement solutions. Turning is committed to engaged and equitable learning for everyone, everywhere. So if you're an educator, student, trainer, a worker, or just an overall believer in equitable and engaged learning, you have come to the right place. Uh, and hey, today we have a veritable titan uh, in the publishing world with us uh, here, uh, Mr. Ken Brooks. Uh, I mean, check this out. Cengage, McGraw-Hill, uh, Macmillan, Wiley. Uh, it's like the Mount Rushmore uh, of educational publishing. Uh, and while holding such leadership positions at these esteemed companies is indeed admirable, uh, what brings him to this uh, esteemable podcast today is the role that our guest played across all of those firms, um, which he carries on today at, at the company he founded back in 2013, Treadwell uh, Media Group, uh, in a very cool digital transition and transformation uh, kind of role and efforts, um, leveraging technology, um, introducing it, unleashing it, scaling it to transform uh, both the business operations and then, of course, the ultimate educational benefits at all of those places that he has, that he has uh, all of those doors that he's darkened. That's that's been what he's been doing. So he's a proud. He's also a proud alum of Georgia Tech, uh, and 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 can also somehow uh, finds time to give back to his school and the next generation of Yellow Jackets as an education technology mentor to students and student teams. So it's another great example of just. Paint it forward there. So let's get ready to turn it up today here with Mr. Ken Brooks. Hey, Ken. Hi, Jeff. Hey, thank you for that uh, that great introduction. Sounds oh. like uh, really, I just uh, my main qualification is not being able to keep a job. <laughs> well, sometimes that uh, the way our the way our careers kind of uh, transpire there, just uh, this like cool little lily pads that we uh, that we end up popping. One to the other, but uh, but you 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 are a uh, you, you've got a great uh, you know um, uh, I don't want to say track record, but great experience that that I can't wait to dig into here. Um, and you're also you know kind of a, a unique guest so far here um, on Turn It Up. Um, in that you know typically um, to date, our typical guests are you know either instructors or um, you know practitioners, administrators of ed tech, and you've really you know kind of been you know, kind of not, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but you really have had that lens and the roles at these, as I said, these ed tech, these publishing powerhouses, um, really establishing the foundation and the processes uh, by which technology uh, and tech enabled engaged learning happens. And so I'd love to just start with, you know, and, and for a lot of us, you know, we end up in these, in these careers you know, they kind of find us instead of us finding them. But, but how did, how did you find yourself kind of in this space? Uh, you know, you're an engineering undergrad. Uh, how did you end up in this sort, sort of like publishing ed tech uh, kind of space in the first place? Well, I, I really came at it from a couple of different angles. Um, the first was uh, just through career progression. I was in consulting. Um, children came along, uh, was looking around for something to do that didn't involve traveling all the time. And I joined a trade publishing house. It's now uh, now part of Random House, um, and so that was really the launch of my uh, publishing career. And I was always focused 
up until that point in supply chain and logistics. And so it was kind of a natural move into uh, to production. And then I, I went through just a number of different firms focused again on supply chain and production and operations. And over the course of my career, I've kind of gone back and forth between, uh, between supply chain and, and, and content creation. And for the past 10 years or so, a lot of the focus has really been on content creation. That's where a lot of the, uh, the excitement is. But I got to say, so that's the, that's the one angle. But the other angle is um, I'm also a, a, a user of EdTech in that uh, back in 2017, I finished my Master's of Computer Science in the online uh, Master's of Computer Science at Georgia Tech. And so got a, a, a chance to really work with a lot of the the tools that people use, um, kind of crossing over from the, the MOOC world into uh, the uh, online learning world through, through the university there. And so I've really kind of seen what works and what doesn't work. And I got to say that, you know, if you went to, to school 20 years ago or 30 years ago or more, as, as I did, mm-hmm. you really don't have a good grasp of what online learning is like these days. Um, and it, it really is worth it to, to take a course or two just to see how it works and to see how you work with other, other students. So um, the background of industrial engineering, getting involved in publishing, doing computer science, all has kind of brought me to the point uh, where I am today. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I love how you, you state that and, and your own, you know, personal journey uh, along with the professional. Because, you know, when when you look back, you know, and I, you know, kind of joked about the Mount Rushmore of publishing, but, you know, when you started uh, down this path um, professionally, you know, the idea of digital transformation, you know, <laughs> low the many years ago was 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 I don't want to say it was nothing more there was, but but a lot of it was just like digitizing textbooks and delivering you know things that are on paper and now you're delivering, delivering them in a more digital space but you know like you mentioned you know it, it, the evolution from that to where we are today with with content creation and 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 not only you know from what you know businesses and and entities are doing but then personally like like you mentioned your own journey I mean we're all we're we've all become so evolved, you know, in, in this whole area of digital and ed tech. So when you look back on it for your own experience, you know, um, you mentioned content creation, you know, what, what have been some of those other, or, or do you remember, sometimes it's hard to know when you're in it, but were there inflection points throughout that long career where you felt like, okay, we're moving now, you know, like this is a, like, we're now either stepping up into a different level or over into a different level you know, uh, or, 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 or is it more when you look back on it now and go, okay, I can't believe we started with just taking that textbook and making it, you know, putting it on a floppy disk. I'm sure it wasn't a floppy disk, but you know, it, it, versus where we are today. Yeah. So, uh, I was, I was around at the launch of the ebook era and did okay. some of the initial conversion of trade books into the, uh, the Microsoft reader, if you remember that and the mm-hmm. Sony reader. And I thought that was pretty neat, but that was pre-Kindle. And uh, you've probably heard the saying that being early is the same thing as being wrong. <laughs> um, and we just did a lot of work to convert those titles. Um, I remember 
sawing the spines off of books and then running them through scanners um, <laughs> in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we really have come a long way, a uh, long way from that, from, uh, from then. You know, I, I, uh, I remember when we went pretty much from focused on composition systems into XML first uh, workflows. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And then integrating assessment, you know, via QTI and some of the other XML formats. And then gradually as XML kind of receded into the background and you begin to get some of the editors that were really HTML based, that I think is is the one of the biggest changes is now people are able to envision kind of what this course should be like. You know, mm-hmm. what are the objectives? How do you best teach the objective? How do you assess that objective? And put those together into modules, into learning management systems and online courseware. That I think is is a sea change. And mm-hmm. you know, I remember it, it hasn't been that long ago when. Uh, um, online courseware was pretty much shovelware. You know, you just mm-hmm. took what was in the textbook and put yeah. it online. Right. And now I'm beginning to see the the kind of the integration of the instructional designer sort of world and the name author sort of world. So those are coming together and you're really, really seeing some really excellent learning experiences. Well, I have to believe that your background also, you know, you talk about supply chain and a lot of the operational roles that you've played. I got to believe that that perspective and that experience has helped you also lead teams to not be overly, you know, kind of romanced by the next kind of shiny object or the next technical, like, hey, we can figure out how to do this without really understanding, you know, how it connects to, you know, not only you know an outcome, a learning outcome, but also just how it connects to everything else. I mean, have 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 you found that this this uh, connectivity and and how everything really does need to be working in concert has that also you know has that have the stakes just continued to 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 rise on that you know in order for things to really stick and to really be effective. Uh, you know, they, they really have. And what I've been seeing is that um, some of the techniques of software engineering are more relevant to content creation than what I would have thought would be the, and what I used to apply were the techniques of manufacturing. So mm. you're not just grinding through widgets anymore. What you're doing is you're seeing what works you're implementing that in code and in content that need to work together. You're trying it out. And then when it works, you do more of it. When it doesn't work, you move away from it. I mean, you still have the overall architecture of the course of like, what am I trying to accomplish and what's the way to do that? But the tools that you use, both in the creation and the delivery, those have changed just significantly. And you're right. You do have to think about the entire system of how all that comes together to make sure that it really does pull together to deliver that experience to the mm-hmm. student. Yeah. How has the, you know, cause you've worked in a lot of different places and now with your own business, you know, you're working across a lot of sectors, you know, as, as the adoption and the expectations of technology have, have just continued to rise, you know, year over year, day over day, has the, have you found the, adoption then of technology 
um, in the learning engagement space in the learning space. Has that, does it get easier because this, you know, the expectations are so much higher or is, does it almost become difficult because it's like this arms race now, you know, and everyone's rushing, you know, to try to, you know, come up with the next best system, the next best approach. How, how have you found the increased sort of expectations and, and kind of fluency of all of this? How is it affecting the actual adoption of the technology? Well, uh, as much as I hate to say it, the biggest impetus for driving adoption of technology distance learning has been uh, COVID. Yeah. Um, that really gave us many years of advancement in the area. Uh, there's a, a really interesting book by uh, Justin Reich called Failure to Disrupt. It talks about kind of the disappointment of different kinds of ed tech over the years and how it's very difficult for new technologies to penetrate kind of these large scale systems, K-12 and higher ed, um, in anything but an incremental manner. And so that uh, driving everything online really caused a lot of people to rethink, so how do I teach in this um, online environment? And I think it's done, it's done wonders for professional development, for folks that said, you know, I've got my course, this is the way I teach it. Don't bother me with that new stuff. Um, and they're able to try out new things. They're finding out that it really works. Yeah. So um, I think that's the biggest uh, the biggest th change. Otherwise, it would have been just incrementalism kind of like on into the future, mm -hmm. adding a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, yeah. but, you know, you take, you take a look at the enrollment of the Southern New Hampshire's and the Western Governors and ASU. And those uh, online enrollments have just gone through the roof, um, and it's enabled by um, distance learning. Mm -hmm. When I think about it, this is kind of what I was I was uh, feeling with the uh, online masters of science and computer science at Georgia Tech, is that online learning and these new offerings really reenfranchises people that have been disenfranchised by their jobs that they just couldn't attend college, they couldn't attend um, you know any any kind of advanced degrees or anything like that and it makes it all all possible now mm -hmm. yeah you know speaking of of uh, you know college and education you know you, you 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 spent a lot of time you know early on in your career in kind of this education publishing kind of space and now at your own shop here at treadwell you know you're really working across sectors uh, how do you find if at all, are there are there principles that you're carrying forward from more of that education space, whether it's higher ed or even K twelve, that apply just as easily when you're talking to a, you know, transportation firm about you know how to you know how to kind of leverage technology for 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 learning, or 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 are you finding now at Treadwell that you're really just you know you're 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 uh, you're ex obviously you're expanding, but are there different are there different approaches that you have to be taking when you're outside of that formal education kind of arena? You know, it, it comes back to a, a few key principles. Um, uh, the first is customer centricity. Hmm. Whether you define that to be the professor or the student, you're designing material to, to make it easy for them. And similarly, in the transportation world or, or manufacturing environment, you have to be focused on your, your customer. 
Um, you've got to be out there talking to them, finding out what they need, and then innovating in your offerings to continue to bring something new. So I'm seeing the customer centricity, the um, the agile or we'll call it lean product development approach of trying things, showing them wireframes, getting them involved in like what the future is going to be, rolling that out, um, and then. Once you've got that, while you continue to um, work with the user experience, then you're scaling the delivery. So whether that's um, in content creation or software development or manufacturing something, the focus is, is you've got to bring some scale to what you're, what you're doing mm-hmm. to make the economics appealing and, and, uh, and make it work. Yeah. Some, of the, uh, some of the technology that I'm seeing, uh, particularly around... Uh, natural language processing as a human productivity enhancer and a grounds for innovation, I think is just fantastic. And uh, we've really only seen the beginning of it. Yeah, that is cool. That's very cool. And actually very apropos here of our uh, kind of our last question here. We like to, we like to wrap up each little episode here of turn it up with a, a segment that we like to call turning the page <clears throat> because we're not, above or below puns here. So we're mm-hmm. going to turn the page here uh, to this uh, regular part of the show where where we give our guests uh, the chance to kind of look into the future a little bit, you know, kind of a little bit of your own crystal ball of sorts to, you know, see what are you seeing? What are you wishing uh, for the future? So, um, so Ken, as, as you turn the page to the future of uh, this whole space of technology enabled learning solutions, the whole, the whole mix here of equitable mm-hmm. engagement, uh, how do you see it or how do you wish it uh, different in, uh, in, in not, not so far out in the future, but even just five years? You know, what, what are we going to be doing and experiencing differently in, in five years? Now, I don't know that it's going to happen within five years, um, but really what I'm looking for is a seamless transition between in-class and online learning mm-hmm. where it's not one or the other but it's a blend and depending on the situation of the student, they can do either one. It's also an increase in understanding of what really works in teaching and learning in order to have somebody be able to make use of that knowledge very quickly. And then one big area, if you look at um, uh, uh, an institution, and all of the different varieties of different platforms and different courseware, There's re- there are really barriers there in jumping quickly from one thing to the next. So I'm looking for more effective interoperability of that learning content and the tools mm. so that students and instructors don't have to keep jumping between the different wall gardens. So the wall gardens kind of recede into the background and they can focus on teaching better or learning better Mm-hmm. And having just a much better experience of what they're uh, what they're after. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I think that's that that bodes well for everybody, both for the producers of the of the tech and the consumers and the learners and the everybody. It's a it's a whole systems and a very appropriate vision for somebody uh, with your with your uh, with your pedigree and background on that on that side. So, uh, Ken Brooks, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time and uh, helping us turn it up here uh, on, on, on the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. It's really been great talking to you.
Thanks for listening. Visit us at turning.com to see how turning can turn up your learning engagement.